Wow, it is good to be back with you. Uh, Got to say thank you again to Logan and Marianne and Lauren and Will. We had a fantastic time. Would have been, excuse me, you'd have been proud of them. They did a fantastic job, and you'll be hearing more about that in the days ahead. Real quick, uh, if you are a Sunday school teacher, we're going to meet right after the service in the choir room. Just want to remind you before I forget about that. I, I appreciate Heath sharing his message last week, and I went online. Some of you may not know this. You can go online, and if you're really high-tech and you have a smartphone, uh, um, I finally got rid of my flip phone, so now I know how that works. But if you have a smartphone, there's these apps called Spotify or iTunes. You can actually listen to the, to the message in the week if there's something you missed or you're out of town. And so I was sitting at home yesterday afternoon listening to Heath, and we must have had the same eye doctor because he was sharing about his eye trouble. Mine came a little bit later in life. I remember riding down the road one night with Lynette, and I, I said to her, what's that water buffalo standing in the middle of the street? And she said, I think you need to go to the doctor, and, and, and I'm glad that she did, because now if I drive at night without glasses, I, I don't think I've run over too many people, but I've realized I need these, especially at night. And especially up here, so I can actually see you in the back row. So if you nod off, I'm coming out after you. If I take them off, I, it's all a blur. It's all a blur. But glasses are important because glasses help us see, and they help us with vision. And I've been asking different people in our church family over the last several months since uh, becoming uh, one of your pastors here, uh, you remember some of you have filled out some of these sheets to share with uh, our church family about what you think about our church. And uh, I asked some other friends across the country, some friends of mine, I said, if you were to define vision, how would you define it? And one of my friends in Wichita, Kansas, he said, well, he said, how about this? Vision is seeing through the lens of God's eye. It's like I'm writing that down. I like that. Vision is seeing through the lens of God's eye. My prayer, I would say the church staff, the leadership, I hope your prayer too this morning, is that we as brothers and sisters in Christ would begin to see God's vision or have a vision and see through God's lens. Sometimes I got to be honest, when God calls us to do things and I look through my own eyes, I don't always do like the song we just sung. I'm not always ready to say yes. Usually I'm like some of the people in the Old Testament. I think about Moses. Usually I'm like, say what? God, you talking to me? Are you crazy? Have you lost? You, you, you must have dialed the wrong number. Try again. But vision is beginning to see the way God sees and to understand that God can accomplish incredible things. Someone else said it like this, and you'll probably know, some of you will know this quote. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Helen Keller. The only thing worse than having sight is being, or, or being blind is having sight, but no vision. My prayer over the last months have been that God would give us spiritual vision. For what he wants to accomplish in our church family. And so uh, I, I could have come in. This would not have been wise, by the way. Uh, and I shared this with the pastor search committee months ago when they said, do you have a vision for our church? And I said, the vision is right here. Because all of us have a piece of that vision. 
Uh, early on in ministry, I used to think that the pastor, before I ever was a pastor, I used to think that the pastor would come in and say, thus saith the Lord, here's the vision. I'm not saying God can't speak to us individually. He can. But I used to think that it was all about the pastor, and the pastor kind of thrust it upon the people. I've matured a little bit. Because I believe God has you and I here at this point in history to accomplish something that we couldn't do if we weren't at this point in history. That each one of us is important to the piece of the, of the puzzle that God wants to accomplish for His glory. Not for my glory or for Crossroads' glory, but for His glory. And the awesome thing is, all of us are little pieces that come together as crossroads to be a piece of that puzzle. And then that's one piece of the puzzle that every Bible-believing church in Five Forks is another piece that comes together. And every Bible-believing church in the country is another piece until every Christian in the world comes together. And if we do what God has gifted us to do with brothers and sisters in community, the vision of God will be accomplished. Sometimes we think it's unattainable. There's no way that can happen. I think God's big enough to accomplish it. And so some of you, when I said, what do you think of when you think of crossroads? What are some things you'd like to see us as a church family do? When you hear the word crossroads, what comes to mind? Here's some, here's some words. Love. The love of Christ. Caring. Sweet spirit. Friendly, giving, compassionate. Praying, church. Warm, a refuge, a shelter a place of hope, inviting, authentic worshipers, shelter, family, closeness, loving, caring, family, happy, compassion, mission-minded, prayer warriors, fellowship, love, family, shelter, caring. Are you you're hearing some repetition, right? Family. Wow. Let's have the invitation. That gets me excited. I don't know about you. Because you may or may not realize this. Maybe you haven't been visiting other churches. I hope not because I want you here. But if you ever visit other churches, sometimes we don't accomplish the vision of God because the local body, that particular brothers and sisters in Christ, are more concerned about personal agenda than God's agenda. I thank God Almighty that this is a church that wants to be focused on the agenda of God. I want you to know that. I thank God for that. That doesn't happen. It should happen, but it doesn't happen in every Bible-believing church. And so when I think about vision, I get excited. I, am, I, I love the fact that the kids shared several Scripture verses. And they ended with a verse that most of us think of when we think about vision. Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen: Without a vision, the people perish. We're going to talk about that one verse this morning, and I just want to point out a couple of things and then share with you what I believe God has for the vision for our church. When you think about that verse, without a vision, people perish, there are a lot of implications that come along with that scripture verse. Some translations say, without a vision, people cast off restraint. And so there's some things that kind of come to mind when you think about that verse. Here's, here's one. I've got four, and they're not going to be on the screen but if you want to jot these down, you can. People without a vision will invite their own destruction. When we don't have a vision, and not a vision from a pastor, but a vision from God, when we don't have a vision, then what some translations, when it says cast off restraints, what it means is anything goes, I can do whatever I want, because there's no vision. 
So everybody's doing their own thing. And everyone has their own agenda. I don't know if you've ever watched sports teams that seem not to be able to get it together. Let's just pray for the Gamecocks just a second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shouldn't go there. But you wonder what's going on. And then you see some teams that have such precision. And it's almost like they're connected. They know what one another is thinking. I remember growing up, I watched a sitcom. Some of you will, will remember this called Family Ties. And Alex P. Keaton, who was Mr. Smart, Suave Debonair, you know, the, the main character, I guess, on the show in the family. He's sitting in the kitchen and his sister Mallory comes walking into the kitchen after going out on a date. And she comes walking into the kitchen and she's talking about her boyfriend. Oh, I just love Nick. You know, we get along so well. We just, we just get along so well. And she says, it's just like we have one brain. And you can see him spinning. The thoughts are spinning. And he says, Mallory, who's using it tonight? I get what she's saying, that they, they're realizing what one another are thinking, and they, it's almost that they have, one, it almost is they have one brain and one head, and there is one head, it's called, his name is Jesus. And when we operate with that manner, there is precision and flow, and people on the outside looking, it's like, wow, it's like they had that mapped out. Maybe, maybe not, we can't always map things out, but if we're led by the Spirit, and we have a vision... God can use us. People also without a vision, number two, have no measure for spiritual progress. How do we know if we're moving in the right direction? How do we know if we're attaining the things that God wants? We don't with no vision. We're just kind of meandering around. We're kind of floundering. And when that happens, goals become inconsequential. They doesn't matter. We can set goals for this or that. But what does it matter? It's no big deal because there's no huge vision that we're shooting for. The other thing that happens is our personal worth gets called into question because it's like, well, then why do you need me? Because I don't even know what we're trying to accomplish. God has a big vision. And it will not be accomplished or realized without every person in this auditorium taking the mantle that God's given you and you doing your part. We'll fall short. We'll fall short. One pastor can't do it, a staff can't do it, deacons can't do it, the board can't do it, committee chairs can't do it. Every single person in here has a responsibility to that vision. And so when we have a vision, we'll be able to measure our spiritual progress. Our goals will be in step for fulfilling God's vision and his purpose for us is paramount. And each of us, each of you are worth something because you have a part to play. If we have no vision, number three, we'll see change and growth as arbitrary and unintentional rather than God's sovereign design. I want to give you a 100% money-back guarantee this morning. Are you ready? You and I will never grow without change. I wish there was an easier way, but there's not. We'll never grow without change. I'm just like you. I get in a routine. Sometimes my routine is I have no routine. That is the routine. One of our keywords in the Dominican when we got on the truck and Mike Williams and some of the other cup staff jumped on the truck, they said, your keyword this week is flexibilidad. You know what that is and you don't even speak Spanish, right? Flexibility. 
Because things are going to change. We're going to map out a plan, but it may change. Because God is on the move. And the last thing I would say to us, if we have no vision, we'll see God's will as unattainable and no way to reach it. You know, here's what I've discovered, and here's what we're going to discover as we start studying the book of Nehemiah officially next week. But we're going to discover some things about the life of Nehemiah, and I want to read just the first three or four verses just to kind of give you a little taste of it and then make a few points and share with you a video we've put together to talk about our vision for Crossroads. In the book of Nehemiah chapter 1, Nehemiah, by the way, the the cupbearer to the king, we're going to discover as we go through this book that he's a man of great vision. And God has given him a vision to go rebuild the city because the walls of Jerusalem have been torn down. And here's what we read in Nehemiah chapter 1. It says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. It happened in the month Cheslev, which is November, December, Bible scholars tell us, in the 20th year while he was in Susa, the capital, that Hananiah, one of my brothers, and some men from Judah came, and he asked them, concerning the Jews who had escaped and had survived the captivity and about Jerusalem. And this brother says to Nehemiah in verse 3, the remnant that's there in the province who survived the captivity, they are in great distress and reproach, and the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates are burned with fire. And here's Nehemiah's reaction. It came about when I heard these words, verse 4, I sat down and I wept and I mourned for days and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Here's what I discover when I study the book of Nehemiah and we're going to over the next several weeks and I think about vision. We hold the solution. You and I hold the solution. His name is Jesus. We hold the solution. There is a world that is in desperate need of Jesus. I was looking at some statistics. Some of you may wonder why I'm so passionate sometimes about us being what God has called us to be. There's no time to waste. Here's why. Do you know approximately 55,000 churches are going to close between now and 2020? Let me read that again. 55,000 churches will close their doors between now and 2020. Good news is 60,000 will open. 60,000 will be planted, 60,000 will birth. If you're like me, I can do that math. I went to Dorman High School, the best high school in the upstate. That's a net gain of about 4,500 churches. That may sound good. You may think, gosh, we're winning. We're, we're, We're ahead in churches. That would be good except for population. Because to keep pace with population, we actually need 48,000 churches. So during the next few years, the next 10 years, in the United States of America, the American church is going to fall short by 43,000 plus churches. I don't have to tell you that the population is growing. You ever tried to get here on Wednesday night? You need to leave your house about lunchtime and you might get here. I don't have to tell you our community is growing. We heard this week, unofficially, because we can't say officially, but unofficially, that in the matter of the next 12 to 14 months, these roads out here are going to be four-lane. God is, that excites me. You may go, ooh, more traffic. Part of me goes, ooh, more traffic. Part of that excites me because that means more people. God is sending more people to our community. And if you've done a survey with your neighbors, and I have, they're coming from all over the world. What an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. 
Yes, you can get on a plane and go to the Dominican Republic, Africa, Russia, Kenya, and you should. But the world is coming to our doorstep, and we have a great opportunity to share the wonderful news of Jesus Christ. But the question is not, how can we get more of them into our building? How can we get more of them to attend our church? That really is not the answer. The gospel answer should be, how do we multiply godly influence in our culture? And that's where you and I have to catch a vision and realize, how do I take Jesus to my work, to my school campus, to my community? They're not all going to come here to hear a preacher. And that may be a good thing. So we have to have a vision to go out in the community. Nehemiah had a vision. When the people came to him and they brought to him this news, he understood he had the solution, but he also understood he was here for a reason. Do you know you're here for a reason? I'm half a century old. I got to confess to you, when I was 20, 30, maybe even 40, I thought this was a permanent residence. Whether you're 10 or whether you're 100, can I tell you something this morning? This is a temporary stop. This is not your final destination or mine. This is a temporary stop. And if we understand that, understand we're here for a reason, a blip on the radar to make an impact for God. Wow, it will change our perspective. And we'll start to look through the lens of God's eye and go, wow, I'm only going to be here for just a little bit. I want to make my life count. I want to have a vision from God. The other thing Nehemiah will teach us as we get into more of that book is that we're here at this point in time. He makes us aware of that in even verse 1. He said, it happened in the month, in the year, and where. He let us know the place, time. Those are important. God has paved the way. You're here, and I'm here, and we're here together. So what is the mission and the vision of Crossroads. Over the last few months, we've been praying about that, and here's our mission. To make disciples that serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. Those are words that you shared with us. Making disciples that serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. I hope, I, I, I can't, as the past, one of the pastors make you do this, but I hope that you will commit that to memory. It's amazing to me how we can be a part of clubs, 4-H club, CrossFit, the Y, wherever you're part of, other clubs outside of the church, and we can memorize their slogan, their mantra, their purpose, and yet as a Bible-believing Christian, we don't even know the purpose of the body that we're a part of. I'm going to challenge you to commit that to memory. This church wants to be about making disciples. Converts is great. People coming to Jesus is great. But that's not what God commanded us to do alone. He commanded us to make disciples. That's where it gets a little bit dirty because you have to do life with people. Making disciples that will serve, shelter, and support the transforming work of Christ. Well, how, how are we going to do that, Jack? How are we going to make that happen? Well, we're not going to be able to do it outside of God's help. But your staff and the leadership of the church for the last several months, we started thinking about crossroads, crossroads, crossroads. God, long before I was on this planet, put us here as crossroads. I don't know if you've ever put up a map on Google and looked at where our church is. Did you know that we're at a crossroads? <laughs> Did the people who named us that know that we were at a crossroads? I looked on Google and there's two roads and we're right there at crossroads. 
It's pretty smart, isn't it? Just like somebody who called the orange orange, which is cool because it is orange. That was brilliant. (laughs) We are at a crossroads. And people in their lives are at a crossroads. And so we took the word cross and we said, how are we going to do that? Here's the way we're going to do it. Each letter in the word cross, we're going to be Christ-centered. I think we are Christ-centered, to be honest. We're already there. We're going to be a Christ-centered faith community that worships Jesus. R, we're going to be about real relationships. I think we're already there. Doesn't mean we can't work on continuing to get better and be there, but real relationships. As somebody who visited churches in this area for many years... Some of you know that story. When Lynette and I and our family moved over here seven years ago, when we visited a lot of churches, there weren't, it was a challenge to find some with real relationships. Oh, we're going to provide opportunities to serve, opportunities for you and I to serve the Lord with our spiritual gifts. S, we're going to be a strong shelter for people in the community who need a refuge. Do you know that most people I talk to who don't attend church, here's the number one reason why. They think if they come through those doors, they're going to get condemnation, they're going to get judgment and ridicule. If they knew, oh, if they only knew that they could come into this fellowship and be embraced the way you have embraced my family as a refuge and a shelter, we would not be able to keep people out. And our community needs to know that we're a strong shelter. S, the second S, we're a supportive community that believes in supporting things that transform The world, and you have proven to do that with your time, talent, and treasure. So that's our strategy, but how are we going to measure what we do? Because this is where I think sometimes we as a church drop the ball. As much as I love seeing a packed sanctuary, as much as we love to see our dream budget fulfilled, I want you to know those are measurements of effectiveness and success, but those are not the measurements of success or fruitful ministry, I believe, that God's Word teaches. They are a measurement, yes. We want to be in the black. We want to see people coming to know Jesus. We want to see people coming to our church. But the real measurement is what's happening out there. Because if the world stays the same, and it has over the last decades, and churches, some of them continue to get bigger numerically and financially, but the culture is not changing, something's not working. So how do we measure our success? Well, we're going to take the roads and crossroads. Here's how we're going to measure if we're being successful. Are we reaching out our Are we reaching out beyond ourselves? Oh, are we putting others first? A, are we accountable to one another? Do I have someone to whom I am accountable? D, are disciples being made? S, are we sending out missionaries? Not just to the Dominican Republic or Africa, but to Greer and to Simpsonville and Malden an Oakview school? Are we sending out missionaries? Are we wanting to impact the world? You know, there are so many things that our church is involved in and I'm grateful for. We have ladies' ministry. We have men's ministry. We have quilt ministry. We have a homebound ministry. We have a bus ministry. I think about all those pieces. They're kind of like Scrabble pieces. 
know if you're good at Scrabble. Anybody here good at Scrabble? I've played with some people before. I have to have a dictionary to my right because they're coming up with words. I want, I'm not going to point any fingers or mention any names, Lynette Eason. Um, but I like to have a dictionary because I'm thinking, where are these words coming from? Somebody's making them up on the fly. But every, every piece of the Scrabble, every letter is valuable. They have numbers on them. Every piece is important. You're important. We could talk about all the things that are going on in our church. In this video, I want to show you, we, we kind of hit the highlights with some of our church staff. And I want to show you what we've come up with that we believe is the way God's leading us in the future. So with prayer in your heart, I hope you'll pay close attention. where there is no vision, the people perish. If we don't have a vision, not only will people outside the church miss out, but those of us inside will miss out as well on the great blessings that God has for us. Our church family has already started moving forward on God's vision in several ways. We want to let people know that they're welcome, and we've done that by creating a welcome area. We're going to grow this idea so that people visiting our church will be able to find the classroom to connect and also be able to introduce them to the ministries of our church. We're strategizing our space. We're cleaning up and strategizing space issues to make room for children and families and the next group of people that God will send to our fellowship. We're getting more strategic in our communications through email updates and updating our website so people can find out more about our church. We're making it more convenient as well for us to be able to give and connect right there online. We also have a vision to do more with missions locally, with outreaches like our Trunk or Treat, Vacation Bible School, regionally in areas like West Virginia and around the world through the Crossover Cups mission in the Dominican Republic and other places that God brings across our path. I'm Joey Estes. I'm the executive pastor and worship pastor here at Crossroads Baptist Church. Such great things are happening right here. Musically, I'd love this coming year in 2020 to have more instruments involved, have more of our children involved, our students, and then also our drama ministry. What a great time we're going to have in the coming year. And in our Sunday school classes and through our educational program, our Disciple Life, our small groups, oh my goodness, such endless possibilities that we're going to be able to reach our community and reach our family with riches to learn more about who Jesus is, that we can be better. We are, as Crossroads Baptist Church, we're the heart of Five Forks. And I, I do pray in the coming year that we continue to grow and there will be more people to call Crossroads home. Hey, I'm Kayla. I'm the children's pastor here at Crossroads. And this video, we're just gonna show you a little bit about what's it like to be here on Sundays. We believe that each child was made on purpose, for a purpose, and we strive to bring Jesus on their level. Each Sunday, kids are put into small groups where they break down the lesson and learn about Jesus on their particular level. Even in the nursery, we teach the infants that their needs are being heard and met. 
Preschoolers will learn that God is my friend, God made me, and God will never leave me. Lower elementary will learn that I can make wise choices, I can trust God no matter what, and I treat others the way I want myself to be treated. Preteens will have the opportunity to ask those burning questions like, why was I created? Why is it important to live by example? Do I belong? Over the summer, we have some great discipleship and evangelism opportunities. Each summer, we hold Vacation Bible School, where our kids from those communities come together for a full week of fun, learning about Jesus, and making new friends. We like to do lock-ins and overnight summer camp where kids can meet other kids from other churches and make lifelong friendships while being able to make their faith real to them. Along with the safety parameters we have in place to keep kids safe, we strive to show Jesus on their level, encouraging them through God's word and teaching them that God's word is true and he never breaks his promises. We would love for your family to join us. Hey, I'm Heath Carew, the Associate Pastor of Students and Teaching Pastor here at Crossroads. And on this video, we just want to take a few moments to let you know a little bit more information about our student ministry. We believe that students are an important part of the church at Crossroads. They are not only the future of our church, students are an active part of our church today as well. We are intentional about building relationships with students, giving them opportunities to serve and use their gifts today, and teaching them that hope is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Students are challenged and taught what it means to live life on mission for God every day, that they can set the example of Jesus anywhere they go. We offer many opportunities for students to hear the gospel, grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ through discipleship, and serve by using their gifts to glorify God in the local church. On Sundays, we offer Bible study classes for middle school and high school students at 915. Students also have the opportunity to serve as helpers with our preschool we worship on Sunday mornings. During the school year, we have small group discipleship classes at 6 p.m. on Sundays. Small groups are broken up by gender and age groups. Wednesday nights, we have our fuel worship services. Middle school and high school students are combined for a time of worship, fellowship, and messages that are both practical and biblical. Throughout the year, our students enjoy going to a winter conference in Tennessee, concerts, day trips, fellowships, and area-wide worship services with other student ministries in the Golden Strip area. During the summer, students serve as helpers and leaders in Vacation Bible School, spend a week at Somersault Youth Camp, and have opportunities to go serve on local, regional, and international mission trips. At Crossroads, our student ministry exists to set the example of Jesus Christ for our students and help guide them into becoming genuine disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm the weekday director of the preschool. Every week we get to minister to about 55 or 56 kids and their families, and we're really appreciative to the church for that. This year we added a new K-3 and a new K-4 class, expanding into the Sunday school classes that are at the bottom of the stairs outside the large group room known as the hangar. Next year we are planning on adding a K-5 class, bringing us to a total of 11 classrooms. It is a good problem to have, but we are out of room. We are working on adding new curriculum and upgrades to our security for our children. It is such a blessing and honor to be able to share Jesus with more than 50 families every week. We take the responsibility of educating and sharing the love of Jesus very seriously. We are thankful for the opportunity the church has given us to open up during the week to minister every day. I feel like it is a great use of our resources. 
please pray as we continue to grow this year and God continues to bless the preschool that he would protect our staff of 12 teachers we currently have and provide us with the staff, the money, and the resources that we need to follow God's leading. I thank God for this opportunity and your love and support every week. Our vision for the music ministry is to use more opportunities like Easter and Christmas to do outreach in our community. Also to create more musical outreaches by bringing in concert artists and special guests. In the children's ministry, we want to continue to upgrade and renovate our space and work on security issues. And also think through how we can use things like Vacation Bible School, Trunk and Treat, and other outreaches to effectively reach people in the community. The student ministry, we want to upgrade our technologies for teaching, smart TVs and computers. In our weekday program, we want to provide more training for our teachers, continue to upgrade our space, and also get strategic about how we can have fundraising initiatives to support this ministry. What is our strategy at Crossroads? Well, we take the letters in the name Crossroads. C, we want to be a Christ-centered community that worships and learns about Jesus together. R, is about real relationships. We're intentional about cultivating authentic relationships within our church family. Oh, opportunities to serve. We desire to provide opportunities for people to serve the Lord with their spiritual gifts. S, strong shelter. Our fellowship provides a spiritual strong shelter from the storms of life that each of us will face. S, supportive community. Our faith community believes in supporting things that transform the world reach people for Christ with our time, our talent, and our treasure. But in the end, how will we know if we're being effective? Is it all about the money that comes in through our fellowship or about the numbers of people? Well, we look at the word roads to find the answer, and this is how we measure our effectiveness as a congregation. R, are we reaching out? Are we reaching out beyond ourselves? O, putting others first. Am I putting others first? A, Accountable to one another. Do I have someone to whom I'm accountable? D. Disciples being made. Am I growing in my relationship with Jesus? S. Sending out missionaries. Are we as a fellowship sending out missionaries? Each of us are a missionary right here in our own backyard. As we strive to fulfill the strategy that God has called us to here at Crossroads, we will value things like truth, purpose, unity, and generations, all things that make our church fellowship what God has intended it to be. We are better together, and together we will see God's vision come to pass. Crossroads Baptist Church, where hope and home come together. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm going to ask Keith and Joey. They have some Scrabble tiles that I stole from Lynette. I got, I got all the good letters out. We have some Scrabble tiles that we're going to pass out to you because I want each one of you to take your piece. Yeah, you can go ahead. And uh, know how valuable that you are. You are a, a piece of the puzzle to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through our church family. And this morning, in just a minute, we're going to, have to sing a song and have a time of invitation. And I, I don't know how God has spoken to your heart this morning. If you're visiting with us, it may be to take that invitation for the first time and say, 
Wow, God has a vision for me? Yeah, he does. He has a purpose and plan for you. Before the foundation of the world, he knew you were going to be here, and he has a plan and a purpose for you. And you can discover that by entering into relationship with him. If you're already a child of God and you're a part of Crossroads, then maybe this morning you can come down here at the front or you can make that decision in your seat just to say, yes, Lord, here I am. Here's my peace. Yes, my answer is yes. So just a minute after they get these passed out, we will have that time of invitation. And uh, I want you to walk around our church. You may have noticed if you came in from the front this morning, uh, we're trying to let people know as they come by and visit in kind of a snapshot what we're about. And so you'll see some photos. If you didn't come in from the front, I encourage you to go check out the front wall uh, before you leave. The Welcome Center, our friend Greg uh, put up the beautiful logo and cross there and actually even some Scrabble pieces across the top that say Crossroads. So when you walk by that every uh, Sunday or Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever you're here, you can look at those pieces, Scrabble pieces, and go, wow, I, I'm, I'm a part of that. My piece is Im important to the church family. So uh, I'm excited for what God is going to do in our church family. Who still needs one? I know the guys are making their way. Awesome. And I have a few extras if somebody wants would one of you ladies run these back there to the, to the back if anybody need, still needs one? I got five extra pieces right there. One is an X and one is a Z, so those are the big numbers. <laughs> I hope that as you pray, that God would give you the details on what your piece is. And I think in the weeks ahead, he will, because every one of us, again, have a, have a part to play in God's vision for our church. Also, as you, as you leave this morning, uh, we've got um, kind of in brochure format what you saw on the video. The video will be up on the website soon, so if you want to go back and look at it or share with folks, if you want to grab one of these brochures at the end of the service to be able to take home, I, I want to ask you to be praying with us. Please, please don't go home and go, well, I can't wait to see how they are going to pull this off. Go home and say, God, how am I going to help us accomplish your vision for the future? Amen? I'm excited. I, I never would have dreamed to be able to get to do life with you. What a blessing. What a blessing. Would you stand with me and let's pray together? Father, we love you, and we are so thankful for your goodness to us. We recognize, God, that you, just like for us individually, you have a purpose and a plan and a vision. You have a purpose and plan and vision for us as a church. And again, I can't help but think maybe our answer just needs to be yes. Yes, yes, yes. To whatever your way and your will is, Lord, I'll say yes. And I got to confess to you, <laughs> I got to confess to you, Lord, that's hard. Especially when we don't know all the answers and you're asking us to say yes, not knowing all the answers. Maybe that's where that faith part comes in. So Lord, I pray for these friends in this place today as we have this time of invitation. Would you help us respond in obedience to you in Jesus' name? 
Amen. Amen. Joey is going to lead us in this invitation hymn. I'll be down at the front. I'm going to ask my friend Heath to join me. And if you need to come make some decision for Christ this morning, we'll be here to greet you. So I pray that you'll be obedient to the Spirit this morning. <laughs>